Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from the BOD studios, it is playing and slaying episode 59. Welcome back to the show, Bryce. I'm I back. Feel, I, I feel like this is a moment in time that will will live as, as an all-time great episode because it's the return of Bryce. I'm off to a pretty bad start. I forgot that we're a video podcast now, so oops. <laughs> You you will look really good on YouTube. Whatever image we find uh, for you, the seven people that watch on YouTube will be yes. amazed at the quality of image that is is displayed for you. And because it is the return of Bryce, we also have a very hobby-minded, hobby-focused episode tonight. So we are going uh, to throw away the resolutions from 2021 uh, because quite honestly, we don't remember them and we don't want to remember them. Um, and we are going to introduce a brand new uh, 2022 hobby challenge. So we did the hobby accountability challenge for a while, gave some money to charity, which was great. Um, but we're going to get into what our new hobby challenge looks like for the year, year ahead. Uh, and we are also in our main topic in that same vein of, of hobby challenges, goals, and aspirations. We're going to talk about some of our own personal individual hobby goals, uh, for 2022. Um, so I think we will talk about lots of painting and building and all sorts of stuff this year. Uh, so Bryce, it's good. You're back as our hobby coach and hobby enthusiast, uh, to, to guide us into the the adventure of 2022. Appreciate it. I think that Josh though might be taking my role. He's the one that's been hobbying lately. So. Not, not really. <laughs> the blank look on Josh's face was, was exactly what we needed. Just like the perfect, perfect amount. Um, without further ado, I think it is important that we cover all our bases and First and foremost, when you're playing in Slan, it's important to stay hydrated. So what episode of Playing in Slan wouldn't get started with uh, some description of what we're drinking tonight? Um, I feel like kicking it off. And now that I have a camera, I have a BTO by Eagle Park Brewing. Kind of cool, flashy design. It is a Bach beer. Um, and I believe the theme is probably Bachman Turner Overdrive BTO. Uh uh as a bach beer so it's kind of that sweeter um aromatic little little like i guess you'd say nutty but um you know it's that good just bach style beverage it's nice and crisp i think it's only around five percent alcohol so it's not too heavy um not overly sweet but really enjoyable eagle park continues to be one of my favorite little breweries in the milwaukee area um they're probably a close second behind third space these days for favorite milwaukee uh, brewery so that's what i've got a bto bach beer 
Troy, awesome. what do you have? Uh, I have. Uh, I just want to know what was the one song that Bachman Turner Overdrive had. Um, I can't think of it right now. Come on, oh come man! On. You, although you guys are a lot younger than I am, I should know it. I should be the one that telling you what it is, but it's it's old even for me. So <laughs> shoot, I got nothing for you. Uh, it'll come back to me. Uh, so I am uh, double fisting, uh, kind of boring, non-alcoholic things. I have uh, the. Uh, Four Sigmatic uh, mushroom coffee in my uh, superhero mug uh, because I needed uh, as much caffeine <laughs> as possible for this from for that. And then uh, for Will Conway, I have uh, Zevia as my backup drink here today for uh, a little bit more uh, a little bit more caffeine. I'm sure he'll appreciate yeah, that. I'm, I'm sure he will. Aiken Carol business. Ah. And you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. And let it ride. Or, From uh, early seventies, probably. I think. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. For sure. So I was, I was alive, but not really paying attention. You were, <laughs> I was alive. I don't know if it played through or not. My microphone filter usually cuts off background noise, mm-hmm. so we'll have to do a different overlay. <laughs> But I started playing Taking Care of Business That's just it. as Troy finished. I was trying to hold up the phone to the mic. but <clears throat> All right, speaking of taking job. care of business, since Troy's got his uh, his Will Conway jabbing Zevia and his doc, what care of business for you tonight? Uh, I have a Hop Valley Brewing Company Stash Panda. Stash Panda. It is a hazy IPA with uh, cryo hops, which are like a proprietary hop. So it's not something uh, like a lot of people use. Uh, kind of has a citra taste, sort of. So um, it's good. It's kind of grapefruity, uh, hazy IPA. It's pretty good. And where where is this Hop, hop Valley Brewing out of? Hopberry Brewing is out of Eugene, Oregon. Excellent. Well, speaking of Eugene, Oregon, Bryce, what are you drinking? No segue uh, there, but I made it. No, that anyways. was perfect. Uh, my my girlfriend actually used to work at this little brewery down in Nina called Barrel Forty One, and uh, she's been convincing me to try out some of their beers. And this one's actually I really like it. It's called Mateo's Revenge. It's Ooh. a milk stout, and uh, it's the little description on it is a little Mexican fl- flair brewed with cocoa nibs, vanilla, cinnamon, and habanero peppers. That sounds really good. It's very Love tasty. It. I think you would uh, like it a lot. And I don't I don't know how like hyper local festival is with their selection of local craft beers, but they do have it there. So it might be, uh, you guys don't have festivals down there. Huh? Oh, we, we do now. There's a oh, festival right down the road from me. Well, maybe check it out. Oh, they have sure. it. And I think you would like it a lot. It sounds, so there's a beer by stone brewing called Zoko Vesa that we've enjoyed in the past, which is, it sounds similar to that. So I bet, I bet I'd like it. Mateo's Revenge. Yep. Excellent. Well, speaking of Mateo and Revenge, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Um, even though none of them have had a character named Mateo or really a revenge theme. Um, <laughs> it sounds we, we like might be able to, we might be able to manufacture a revenge yeah. theme in here somehow, but 
Yeah, I'll, let's. I guess you know, revenge theme. Let's start with uh, rather than how we usually do it in in reverse. Let's start with Dungeons and Dragons, Rime of the Frostmaiden. Um, so some some health issues have kept Bryce away from the the D and D online table, as I think he's been going to bed around seven o'clock at night. But the, those were those were late nights. <laughs> <laughs> the the rest of us have been playing D and D every every Wednesday or so, um, and I want to hear from you guys if the arrival and the the way the path to Yithrin. Uh, was what you expected or, or less or more and if Yithrin as as advertised delivered it, I mean I think the trip was pretty interesting like through the glacier right and well we had I mean and just getting to the glacier right the amount of I think we've talked in the past about our, our trial and tribulation just to figure out how to get get to the glacier but once uh, then you're like oh let's speak the I had to read a poem um, it was kind of like English class in D and D, so I had to read a poem, <laughs> and uh, then the glaciers. Your reading open. skills, your reading skills were up to par, okay. so you you passed that ability check without needing to even roll dice. Yeah. <laughs> Troy can read, Wonderful. can confirm. Yeah, public uh, public education came through, and then we so we split the the glacier. No spoilers here, I guess. But uh, and then we, uh, you know, and then I don't know. And then we were kind of wandering around through this these ice tunnels uh, and found he, and then we, and I don't know, there were multiple ways through. And I don't know, I don't know if we took the easy way, the hard way, um, the average way uh, as we look back. Cause it, I think we didn't like, there was stuff. We didn't go through all of it. I, if I remember right, there was, we found one way yeah. we were like, yeah, this seems like the way through let's go um, without exploring all the different nooks and crannies in there. Um, and then we, uh, yeah, and then we kind of mar- we ran into some uh, some uh, elf, no Sylvan do- dryad person. I had to go through all my um, fairy creatures. <laughs> um, who, yeah, she was interesting, and uh, and then she kind of pointed us through, like, "Hey, go walk this way," and then it opened up on this. I think we're all kind of just like, "Whoa!" Like, there's this pretty much huge city kind of stuck underneath the ice um, that now we have to figure out kind of where to go and what to do. Um, so we, when we first, our first steps into there were to play, uh, uh, I don't know what we played, Quidditch or uh, football it's like or something dodgeball. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like dodgeball <laughs> in a chain lightning arena. That was pretty fun. Yeah, so, so now you're in the necropolis of Yithrin, the the ancient fallen Netherese city. So, yeah, I think people were surprised when the word necropolis was thrown out. I don't know. I think there was some some bait and switch, possibly, or people weren't listening when the description was uh, was thrown out there because they're <laughs> like, "What? What? A dead city? A dead?" And they're like, "Hold it." There was kind of a lot of clues to that. Really, I'm not there if you were paying attention. So, yeah, for those of you keeping score at home. It was it was uh, presented to you as as a lost city, albeit a lost city from full of treasure, thousand years ago, full of treasure and buried deep within the ice. All right, Josh. Any predictions of what happens to you guys in in Yithrin? Um, I missed last episode, so 
you threw but, a lot of Eldritch Blast. I, I I believe that I did. Um, yeah, no, I think it'll be disgusting. I think we'll <laughs> have to fight some people. Um, Will know, there be treasure? Maybe a little bit. Um, maybe some like magical items and something. I don't know. Maybe like a sweet cloak for, you know, hiding people. We'll see. I'm I'm just figuring if we if we find customers, if we find that there's because there's rumors of some drow and some other creatures under underground creatures that may frequent the area. I think we can if we can find customers, we might. I've heard that we might just open a restaurant, reopen a. A franchise of <laughs> the soup kitchen. Just stay forever. Yeah, if we just open a soup kitchen uh, franchise, and uh, and then that's it. That's the might have some supply chain issues, but <laughs> yeah, we can get the pot we, there. We know. Yeah. Well, now we know the way, right? It's not a yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We can. We yeah. Just... Wonderful. Well, sticking with the theme of cities, um, not necropolises. Let's let's talk first about Magnate. So I introduced you guys to that game uh it had been kickstarted and delivered in the fall i bought it at retail from noble knight um magnate is a uh, is a game ultimately focused on real estate development where you're purchasing plots of land attempting to develop them with a specific type of building industry um housing office or um retail different types of those buildings then attract tenants collect rent and sell those properties uh in in advance of an inevitable collapse of the market that is always going to happen to trigger the game end um, but you're trying to be the most successful developer and have the most uh funds in hand um so you know i don't know if we want to go round robin with some thoughts i, I know i've played a, a handful of times now that was your guys's first time playing at the game night any um any kind of early thoughts on Magnate as just as a game and kind of concept, and then we can certainly touch. I think the coolest part is the components, like the art, the boards, the the little plastic buildings. Um, but any any first thoughts or kind of a condensed review from Josh or Troy on Magnate? Yeah, no, it was really really fun. Um, and uh, to you know to get your tenants or to get your um your office workers or retail folks or whatever. Um, uh, it, I mean, essentially they're, they're little piles of, of each type. And so sometimes certain rounds where you don't have enough of that type, uh, you know, somebody can uh, jump in ahead of you and recruit those types of folks to their buildings. And then you're kind of left out in the cold and that's, it's that's a fun. Right. That happened near uh, your housing project. Yeah, it, it became sort of a tenement because uh, it it was uh, yeah, what did we call it? The, the some sort of housing project. I forget the name of it, but it was it was funny. Um, yeah, I swiped all the the home tenants, the the people away from you. I bid to go first, and then took the tenants from my own apartment building and left you with nothing. Like the next four rounds, we got maybe like two more people and i don't i don't know if that i got any more um but yeah no it, it, it that's a fun addition to to the game where you know you're sort of fighting each other for not only board control but also um like control of of the tenants for those buildings as well so 
it's a cool it's a cool little little flair to that game yeah i mean i yeah i enjoyed i you know looking back as you're describing it i think the mechanics are all really solid i mean there's really some really interesting mechanics they're all really solid they all make sense for kind of the the variable game length the um what are you going to call it right there's resource limitations which make the the turn order bidding make sense you know it's like all the mechanics are in there and they all kind of make sense for how they you know how they interact with each other and and so it was i i, I had a lot of fun i have i think i ended up winning and i have no idea how i i did kind of did that i kind of was watching ty early like oh because and first and i'm like oh okay i kind of get it this is how you kind of make money yeah right flip flip real estate and whatever um, so I was kind of trying to follow a tie zoom, but not exactly because he, if I did that, I would just lose, you know, behind because he would do it better. So, um, but yeah, it was all in the end. It came that it was kind of that that end game scenario, right? And you're all it's, it's as you warned us, Ty. You're like you got to kind of figure out when to get out because you know that when the game ends and everything crash, basically there's a housing crash, um, and you want to get out before that. And you can kind of tell when it's coming, but at some point. And we got lucky in that it became very obvious, right? We, <laughs> yeah, we, we, went from, we knew with a certainty. Yeah. yeah I, so. And I, yeah, I think you brought up a good, a good point about knowing when to get out. And I, I didn't say that. So if, if you haven't liquidated your properties, anything left at the end of the crash is significantly devalued to the point where you've lost out of your initial investment and you're getting pennies on the dollar for, for wholesaling the property basically at the end. So if you haven't managed your your actions well and you have too many properties and then the market crashes, you're losing everything on on those properties that you have left. Um, but over, overall, I mean, I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard about it in when it was on Kickstarter or in the development. I caught wind of it via like a, a tweet, a random tweet that some game reviewer or somebody had had it in a stack of games and then as i looked it up i'm like oh this sounds like a game that kind of mixes some some other like it had elements of i think ted allspock suburbia certainly um and, and some like acquire if you go way back into the old board games where you're like building your stock you know your hotel stock empire um so so there were familiarity with some other games but it, it was really its own. I can't think of anything that plays close to it. I mean, um, right. Yep. And yeah. the, the miniatures too were really cool. So like the little houses and the you know, apartment buildings and uh, the mall and uh, it, they're all like really well done miniatures. Um, or yeah. I mean, models, I guess the board game, the game board is really those neighborhood tiles. And as you build up the buildings, they start to look like, a developed city you have your houses you have these tall apartment buildings like the the plastic injection molded buildings are like fill out your board on the little card footprints that you put down that show like the parking lots or the driveways what have you so yeah as as you go the longer you play you've built out these neighborhoods and you have this cool little 3d kind of city uh cityscape in front of you that you're you're playing over yeah this definitely was what a big factor of the game and and i think that plus it's a solid game like i said i think i think right we've seen games like that that have all really cool components and then maybe they're average like game mechanics but i think there's yeah it's a really solid game as a base to it and then it's just kind of the frosting on it is the fact that they did a really nice job with all the components yeah so that is that's magnate um 
I think it's Magnate the First City is like the full name of it. Uh, designer was James Naylor, and I think it's James Naylor Games or um, Naylor Games is his own kind of publishing arm. Um, so definitely check it out. It's it's well worth it. Um, do we keep going with the city? I mean, oh. there's a very city themed um, <laughs> uh, flavor to our our uh, playing segment recently. Um, but this this was an accomplishment in of itself because we finished our first legacy style game. Um, we've been playing my city for the last four months ish <laughs> uh, at game nights, um, getting through the the eight chapters and the twenty four episodes. Um, so I, I won't say too much. We've talked about my city in the past, so I don't know that we need to describe it. But um, I think it's worth talking about the game experience of finishing the legacy segment like how that felt the last few chapters and then maybe we each share like if we have any interest in playing the the base game without the legacy that it gives you an option to play so i'll let i'll let josh or troy when you guys start with kind of overall thoughts of the accomplishment of finishing and then um anything unique to the play experience for the last few episodes yeah, I mean, first off, I'm very proud of us. So, so well done, gentlemen. That was yeah. it was good that we got a legacy game completed. Right, that's a a, a neat little uh, thing to hang your hat on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like you said, we kind of talked about it. But like all the different uh, episodes where it's like you know you're adding the mines or you're adding the um, the railroads or all you know all the different stuff. It's super fun um, and you know, they're kind of baby stepping you through all those new rules and stuff. And uh, I thought, I thought that was really excellent. Um, and, you know, I'd be interested to try the, just the, the standalone part of the game um, just to see how it plays. Um, but kind of like we talked about at the end um, uh, when we played the other night, it, it, it almost feels like, some of those fun rules that we got to know and love uh, are going to be just thrown out the window, right? So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to try it. Um, I, I feel like it might fall a little flat compared to the legacy style um, portion of that game. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. What- yeah, I think I'd be in that as we talked about a little bit when we finished it. Like, hey, like I don't know that I would like, Hey, bring it to the table. Cause we want to play the, my city mechanic. Right. It, it it's kind of interesting. It's like in the end, the cool part was ju- just getting new rules each time and having to think about something a little different. And, and, and even, I don't know, it, it was interesting. Like as we got towards the end, I almost, it was one, we were kind of like, yeah, we wanted to get to the end. So we're kind of like, let's make it. But I almost felt like I wanted to stay with some of those rules Cause you really only get like each game in some ways was unique, right? Like you only got like a set of rules you get for three. Yeah. Like you get three like were three. pretty close. Right. And, um, yeah. Uh, but then yeah, rules started to pay and it almost like you, like I, you wanted to be in some of those a little longer. We were all sad sometimes when, Oh, and now the mine's closed and like, right. And or, or something else like that. Um, sorry, spoiler. Um, but, um, yeah, so it, I think it was a little bit. Of, yeah, it was good to get to the end, but there was something about it. Would be kind of would have been kind of cool in some ways to stay, continue that legacy. But you know, we need a My City Two, I guess, or something uh, to come out because uh, yeah, I don't know that I would pull the base game out. Right, I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would dive in if they was like, "Ooh, we redid." You know, uh, he made a My City Two, 
similar in legacy or, style that we or an expansion into. take your boards and mm. add add on <laughs> three or four episodes yeah i yeah. i i said this off air you know when we played and we we talked about how we kind of broke it down after playing i have zero desire to play the the original game having just glanced at the rules like the the legacy portion the adding new rules each time that was what made it interesting to me and how they all fit together and then the the base game that you can play with like the flip side of your board just it it has zero appeal to me i i don't i don't think there would be any fun to it feels like going backwards and playing like a simpler version of the game um without i i think like 80 percent of the rules that that were meaningful that were introduced it it they really skimmed it down to a what feels like a bare bones and had i not played through the legacy maybe i'd i'd like that maybe it would appeal to me but having finished the the campaign if you will i really don't have any desire to ever go back and play the the default setting you know the yeah. I, I mean i'd almost rather play the last episode multiple times right. <laughs> you know and like keep going with the city we made versus going back and playing the the base. Yeah. I I feel like, you know, adapting to the new rules or the new, you know, whatever mechanic it was, um, was, was part of the fun of the legacy, right? Like, you know, you're, you're doing one thing for these earlier episodes and then you're kind of having to rethink of how do I maximize my points in this new episode, you know, like, yeah, adapting throughout the game was was really a, a good chunk of the fun. So yeah, you kind of lose that with the with the yeah. standalone, right? Where it's the non legacy part yeah. portion. Yeah, so strongly recommend. I think all three of us are giving it the two thumbs up, so to speak, to play through the the legacy campaign of my city and. Five of six thumbs down, maybe. <laughs> maybe there's one <laughs> thumb out there for trying the the base game. Um, but that that was our experience with My City by Reiner Knizia, so legendary designer. We talked about just the like the mind explosion of of rules and how it's all layered in and and done is is pretty pretty awesome. So I think you know some some legacy games add scenarios or characters or new actions but this really revolutionized each time you open an, an envelope you're getting a totally different dynamic to the game so strong recommendation for that um i'll just real quick played some more hero quest with my brother and and landon um really and they're really enjoying it uh we had our first um character death uh emrith the wizard died and is no more so landon was concerned about how how we would get a new wizard and he he told tom he said whoever we get to be the new wizard we can't tell them what happened to the old wizard (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of side narrative um so emrith has been erased from the the histories he no longer no longer existed so when they get a new wizard it's just oh yeah we need a wizard now it's not your replacement it's it will not speak of uh he who came before <laughs> and the wizard died because landon's dwarf ran 
kind of off by himself and didn't stay back to protect the wizard. And then the wizard got exposed and, and died to a wandering monster that then attacked. And it was an ugly, ugly ending to, to that poor wizard. <laughs> so hero quest continues to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm not sure if you can like get it now through them just from an order backing, uh, after the the Hasbro Pulse backed, but if it is available, I highly recommend it. Components are great. It's it's just such a good repackaging of the original with some new, um, you know, new models and a new couple new quest books and expansion. So, Hero Quest is uh, getting to the table pretty often. How about you guys? What have you been playing without me? So the the four year old uh, has still been on a tear of wanting to play a game every night, and awesome. she goes through these little spurts of uh, wanting to play the same game. And so that for like the last week, we've been playing Guess Who, um, you know, the little game with the little standees that you know on the on the little board. Oh yeah, you flip, you flip them down. Yeah, it's yeah, old school. The questions: right? Do they have glasses? Right. Yeah. And there's so yeah. There's uh, there's all the, the people and then there's uh, food and there's uh, sea creatures. And yeah, so she's having a blast with that um, food and sea creatures. What happened to like the old guy with glasses and brown oh, he's hair? He's there. Yeah. He's added, there too. Yeah. They've so added there's like creatures. little cards. You can, yeah, you can slide in and out this, this full card oh, of, wow. of new stuff. My goodness. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So guess who is advanced. Yeah. And I showed her the trick where you like, you know, fold down the uh, the uh, the board, and then you kind of just rub your hand across them to to open up the doors. And she's like, "Oh, that's so cool!" <laughs> I would have been so, four again. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good. She uh, she's learning the little tricks. You know, if uh, if the food's on a plate, there's like you know a chunk of them that are on a plate. So she's been asking you know questions to get rid of large swaths of them um which is which is excellent um she will still ask when we play the food one do you have candles because the birthday cake is the one i think is her favorite and she always (laughs) wants me to be the birthday cake i I don't always oblige but yeah anyway uh yeah it's been fun excellent Are these uh, are these next several yours, Troy, or did yeah. Bryce throw a game? Did Bryce sneak in any games uh, played? I have a, I have a game I could sneak in real quick. Sure, do it. Yeah. So we we were looking for a game that we could play uh, on like Friday nights or whatever, and I came across uh, it's a subscription game called Hunt a Killer, where yes. like every week you get a box, or not every week, every month you get a box, and uh, it's. I, it's expensive, but mm-hmm. it's incredible how much they put into it. Like the amount of extra stuff that comes in the amount of stuff you can research online and learn more. And they send you emails throughout the month. And you're, you're basically a, a private detective trying to solve this murder from back in which, the 1800s. Which box, which box are you doing? Uh, the theater. The theater. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, someone was found in the at, at locked in a trunk in the attic, and uh, we 
did the first one and have the second one up, uh, ready to go. And basically the first one you were trying to figure out what the murder weapon was. And then if you did, you'd get the next clue. And, but there's all this extra stuff too. So we spent probably oh, like yeah. two right hours there. doing all this extra stuff that didn't matter at all to the, to the murder weapon, which we knew in like the first two minutes, <laughs> but we, we got so caught up in the puzzles and stuff that um, it, it's really cool. I mean, I, I've, we've had a lot of fun doing it. Like I said, it's like $30 per box, but yeah. it's super, super, super well done. And I'm, I'm excited to get into the next ones. Yeah, they're they're enjoyable. A couple of years ago, I got Nicole a 12-month subscription. So you get two cases because each case oh, is okay. like six, six months, I think. Yeah. Um. So we did the class reunion, which was a fun one. And then I forget the other one that we've got that we haven't done yet. But yeah, it's a it's a nice like experiential kind of puzzle solving uh each week you eliminate or each box you eliminate a suspect or you figure out one new element of the case um yeah. reading through statements and everything so yeah that's hunter killers of fun they've i saw at target they also have one or two like self-contained single box for like 30 bucks or so where you can oh, really? buy, buy a case one's like a summer camp and the other is like a dive bar or something like that Oh, nice. Excellent. That, that makes me happy. Because next from there, Bryce, what we do is we get you playing Detective by Portal Games. I was I was going to ask you what that game was, because I know that I think you and Paul were talking about it, maybe. And uh, I, I was trying to remember what it was, because I was telling her about it, and it's she's super into that kind of stuff, so I want to yeah. maybe try to introduce that one. Highly recommend Detective. It's yeah, similar. Only there aren't like the props, but you get you use your laptop or an iPad and you log into the database where you find clues. So like you'll open a folder in a database and it'll be like fingerprint scans or a map of a location or uh like somebody's um like interview or a witness statements stuff like that. So you use the app to help get clues and determine what you're doing. And then the cards kind of, you play from a deck of cards that ultimately reveal new things to investigate. Um, oh, okay. But you're solving a crime. It's, it's super fun in the, the database. The app integration is, is really interesting how it's done. Nice. All right, then let's kick it to Troy. For sure. His, uh, sure. His so it was of... Christmas. So we had holidays um, and all the Weisses were together, so I have a pretty good... We've been playing games when we were all together, so most of these are that. There's another other one thrown there. Uh, so maybe I'll start with the theme. Uh, we played a lot, and I've talked a lot about before, a lot, is Chronicles of Crime. Um, when we had uh, a lot... my Ben was up here, um, and we uh, played through a couple of scenarios with kind of uh, a whole group of us. And so maybe, Bryce, that's kind of maybe... I don't know, maybe in between the detective and the, um, the uh, what's the other one that you could just have the murder one? Hunt a killer. Hunt a killer and hunt a killer. Um, but it also has an app, card based, um, but I don't think not quite as involved as the detective. Uh, you kind of get through the scenarios in a, about an hour-ish, depending on how much you, you goof around and how much you, you really want to be <laughs> completely sure that you've got it figured out or, or uh, and uncovered every rock uh, around some of that. So... Uh, I reckon that's a lot of fun. And Ty, thank you. Ty got me an expansion um, for that game. And I think we'll, we'll play it a little bit more. It's a great, great game with, and it was nice. Cause you can, again, you can play with however many people you want, um, you know, as 
because you're all just kind of helping figure out the story and, and you're telling a story and, and uh, they really, you know, so we had some non-gamer people, um, my brother's wife and other people who aren't, and uh, who aren't, and we had a couple of the kids playing too around the event. So, so that was good. The other one we just play, got played over the weekend was John brought over uh, World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King board game. Uh, which is really, it's, I want to, I want to say a rescan. It's a re-implementation because it's different. It's a pandemic engine underneath the hood, um, with uh, world of Warcraft over kind of over top of it, uh, a lot and really got some really cool miniatures in it again, because you got the blizzard license. It's Z-Man games, um, which I don't know. I think Ty, if you, maybe if we even go back to old episodes of this podcast, we would maybe be down on Z-Man games, but I think uh, what they really turned around. I can't think who the guy was that went over there. I think he went, moved from uh, one of the other companies and, and went over there to, to Z-Man. And I think they're really be doing some really good games, great components. Mm-hmm. Um, they really upped their game and stuff. And this is just another example of that. So uh, we played that with, again, I think uh, my niece uh, who's a little younger and then, and then Ashton and John and, John and I, um, and of course they're big war or Warcraft people, right? So they know, they right. know all the people. <laughs> so if you have, if you if you have some of that, all the, all the players are there, but I really like the end, like the game itself was, you know, pandemic but a little bit lighter um and uh and definitely kind of had a good theme as you're going around you know you basically have to worry about one you know you're trying to solve quests instead of putting out uh, diseases um so you're basically doing a bunch of activities and then you do have uh ghouls that are spawning on different locations that you do have to kind of keep under control um and then there's like an abomination and then there's the lich king himself and he kind of moves around the board but all he does is kind of um, make certain areas and there's like three different areas or countries when I think about it that have locations around them uh, around that so so it was fun I mean that was something I would play again uh, again it's kind of a little bit lighter I would think than Pandemic um, but, uh, but a lot of fun and played pretty fast the other I just got, I actually ran into uh, or went over to Dan's uh, this week and we played Relic which is the kind of 40k basically a reskin that one is i'll call that more of a reskin than than uh than world of warcraft is the re-implementation because it's pretty much the same rules just different different cards in that if you play of the old talisman game from games talisman, Workshop, right yeah. yeah so i had not played i probably had played talisman like we're going like 30 years ago right that game <laughs> came out in the now correct me if i'm wrong talisman and relic is pretty much just a moving around the board right yeah like, you're there you've got you just want to get to the center to get, yeah you yeah. want to get to the center of the board and there's you got you know you basically have to build up your 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 character um by doing things on the outer one and then you're like oh now i'm strong enough i move to the inner one and it's all about just kind of uh you know take your chance around uh when do I, when do you go into the final, final square in the middle? Can you defeat it? Um, but it's pretty, um, and it's kind of the, you know, press your luck in some ways. And it's pretty harsh because <laughs> if you kind of lose out, really, you kind of go back to nothing and have to start over. So the, the knock on the game always is a little bit that it can, one, you know, you, you can be un- non-competitive if somebody kind of gets knocked out and then they're trying to, you know, it takes a long time for them to build up and it can kind of overstay its welcome a little bit, but, um, this was fun. Yeah. For just for a two player, Dan and I had a blast. It was, it was fun. And and he had a little house rule where you actually kind of, 
instead of rolling one die to figure out where you go on the board, we roll two die and you kind of take the better one. So it helped move the game along a little faster and gave you some better options. Um, and it was fun. And we actually ended up, we, um, he ended up beating me by like one, one square <laughs> kind of that we both kind of built up our characters pretty good. And then, and then dove in the middle. So, uh, but I had fun, a lot of good, I mean, it is, I really good, rich 40 K like theming on that game. Uh, so I can see why people could, could enjoy that. And, and maybe, and I agree, like have some house rules and, <laughs> and, uh, and make sure that, uh, you, you work over all the, the, the weaknesses that talisman has, uh, is, are still there in some ways, but I, th- they did do some stuff to try and keep it a little better. So, uh, so that was fun on that one. Uh, Maybe this one, I don't know, uh, Josh, if you got any Pokemon in your house, but we broke out. Uh, John gave me his copy of Pokemon Rumble, which is a game that's no longer actually in print. Uh, it's just a really simplified version of, it's like an arena battle with, you kind of take a set of whatever, two dozen Pokemons and you put them out on a board and then there's some dice that give you their Pokemon powers and then they all battle against each other. Uh, and then basically the person who's, and you each pick a couple of the Pokemon, um, and then whoever kind of gets the most points at the end wins. So it's super light, really can play, you know, uh, kids that are probably, you know, five or six or so can can definitely get through it. They, you need them because I can't, I don't know, I'm too old to play Pokemon because I can't read the cards. I don't know what, <laughs> like, they're not, right? I'm even, yeah, I'm used to magic cards and those aren't too bad, right? But the, the, the text on Pokemon cards is like tiny. Um, I don't know how the people figure that out so maybe that's old man wife yeah that's like i gotta get bigger i gotta get better bifocals i guess to read those things but where's my readers yeah yeah. (laughs) or that's why i have to have young kids so i can say what does this say what kind of you know and they all know so uh so we got a game of that that was fun because we had everybody a bunch of all the nieces and nephews uh kind of thrown in that plus the adults and that's a fun one and then when we were uh kind of up north we broke out a couple games, uh, a roll and write called Floor Plan um, that I, again, I looped my two nieces to play. Oh, I think nieces playing with me. Uh, and it's just a kind of a roll and write, you have, which is in, about building a house. And basically the dice give you different rooms and different uh, furnishings and stuff to put in the house. And then you're just trying to build the best house out of that. And there's some basically cards that give you different points for trying to build certain kinds of, you know, like, Hey, you need a, a pool with a patio or you need a room that opens up onto two windows on the stuff. You're all, you know, so you're just in a typical rolling, right? You're just, you know, in the end, you're just trying to kind of guess where you are and your choices that you make early in the game usually come back and haunt you late because you never can get exactly what you want, but uh, kind of a fun, uh, fun little rolling, right game uh, that people enjoyed in there. And then uh, I think I talked a little bit about the the crew um, that we had played on uh, Board Game Arena, and we broke out the uh, the real game and played uh, with uh, four people. I think on that, which the more people is tougher. I'm trying to think, maybe we played with five, um, which is all tougher. And we ended up playing for most of. I can't remember that might have been New Year's Eve or something else that we we had a, a good crew. Uh, and then basically the crew, it's all right. The mechanic is it's it's a trick taking game. Um, where you basically have a deck of cards from like one to nine plus a, a, a Trump deck. Um, and then, but the, the fun part of it is you go through the different scenarios. There's like 50 scenarios in the book and they all give you, and then there's 
basically, I would call them, I can't think of the objective kind of cards. And basically what you have, what they all tell you is how you have to take the tricks. So it, it, like the five of us still have, you'll pull out the objective cards and, you know, I have to win the trick with the, the pink two and John has to win the trick with the, the green nine. Um, and then there's some mechanics there. So you can, and it basically you can't talk. That's the, <laughs> the trick. You can't talk specifically about what cards you have is kind of the mechanic on there. Um, so that was fun and to play it with five. It was difficult. Um, and we ended up, we, and we ended up playing probably about five or six of the different scenarios and they get increasingly a little bit tougher um, and more challenging. Uh, but uh, I can understand why that game hasn't won a lot of awards and people kind of enjoy it because it is a, a fun because it is kind of a, a brain burner around there, there's ways to solve the problems usually if you and there's a little bit of luck right because people have to kind of understand what hints you're <laughs> what hints you're kind of giving them because there's limited information on that so it's so more a game than the mind oh yeah definitely definitely okay. yeah okay yeah but the, yeah the only the only similarity with them well i would well the mind is it, it's cards and you can't really share information, right? Uh, or you right. can't, yeah, you can't share information about what cards you have. Um, but it's, uh, but in this, again, there's some mechanics that you can share certain pieces of information. And so Got that's it. why the, you know, there's much more strategy around, hey, I can, you, you can basically share things like what's your highest card of a certain suit or what's your lowest card of a certain suit or do I only have this card? And so with that kind of, you're kind of building a puzzle around, all right, with those pieces of information, how can we figure out um, how how can we get the tricks to fall so that the the right people end up with the right cards? So, uh, fun game. I think that's it. Yeah. Did I forget everything? Nope. I think that's what we're playing. Um, and another month goes by where I haven't played a game of Age of Sigmar Third Edition. Same. Same. I don't know if I'll ever go yeah. back. Fourth edition uh, will be here soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe fourth will get me. Um, let's talk about hobby. So before we talk about our new uh, hobby challenge for 2022, the new format, let's talk about the hobby we've been getting done. Um, as always, mine is acquisition, not, not constructive hobby. But I, so several months ago, burned out the the uh, air compressor that Troy had, had given to me um, started a small electrical fire in my house and had been without a compressor for a while. So I went and uh, used a Amazon gift card to pick up a new um, air compressor that has six more than whatever version of it Josh had. So I'm going to, I'm going to airbrush like six points better because mine was like the tc 186 or 206 or something and yours was like a 180 or a 200 i don't remember exactly but mine is like six better so six more yeah yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna airbrush six six more than you every time we airbrush <laughs> but Brushing. i think i think a compressor acquisition counts as hobby so i'm i'm gonna check it off for having something in the the hobby column for the last month or so it works for me. Um, I feel like somebody else may have also gotten a new compressor um, after Josh, given show notes. Troy, what 
what kind of setup did you get? I thought you had a really great setup. Well, and I, you got no, I had an one. old, I had, well, I had an old tankless compressor like that I'd given you, basically the same one I'd given you uh, at some point, kind of that cheap uh, one. And so you guys got me like, oh, well, maybe I should just get these. These, don't, these look cooler and they're not that this expensive. One. Yep. That's, this is the burned out. This yep. is, doesn't work anymore, but. And this is get, why you should watch us on hot. YouTube and not just listen. Yeah. Yeah. It got very hot and it. They it get hot if you're running like for a long time. And, 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 uh, and I think they, they kind of lose a little bit of juice um, as they get hot too. And some of that. So I, I did that. And then over Christmas, I, on a total whim, I had bought a new, um, the Squidmar uh, new, he did his own line of the Harder and Steenbeck uh, airbrush. And so I, that was a Christmas present to myself and it only because it ended up coming around Christmas. I don't know. I didn't, that wasn't entirely intentional. It just ended up that, uh, it showed up and then any package that shows up within two weeks of Christmas gets put under the tree and called for <laughs> Christmas. But, but I really, I mean, I, the harder nice. Steenbeck airbrushes are, I'm not an anywhere an airbrush specialist at all, but I really just like the, the feel of those compared to like the badgers are, are definitely definitely a difference you can you can feel in and again some people are going to have preferences one or the other but i really like the hydrogen steam back one so and then i think if i don't know what i procured procured a few models dragon and age of sigmar dragon just for fun oh, okay um, the big the big dragon yep the big dragon um that was another christmas present to myself I th i'm sure i bought some other miniature too that I should build it some well build is part of one of our hobby challenges. I think we'll that, we'll right? get that, there, yeah. yeah. How about you, Coop? Any uh anything get an airbrush paint on it or No, I haven't really painted anything or built anything, but I've been 3D printing a little bit. Uh I think I did some Marvel uh Crisis Protocol stuff for Bryce and Ty and Oh yeah, pretty slick uh, uh like card container and token. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then Landon's, head. Landon's random quest. If either <laughs> of my, he goes, do you think you could ask Josh and Troy if there's any 3d prints for a Shrek head? And I said, Oh what? And he said like Shrek from the movie is head. And I said, why do you want a Shrek head? He goes, it'd be cool to like put on my desk. I said, Okay. Fair point. So I asked if either of you had a Shrek head and Josh found a Shrek bust. Like that's, yeah. you know, we could bronze that. Yeah. He's pretty, he's, I mean, it turned out pretty good. It's, uh, oh, it's yeah. Like Shrek. Yeah. That's great. And I had the green. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like I usually buy just a couple random colors. And uh, I was like, oh, I have black and gray. And oh, sweet. I have green. All right. Perfect. That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, next time I see you, I'll bring it over. Fantastic. So 3D printing. Um, Bryce, how about you? Other than um, getting yourself back home renovations, have you been any any hobby in the mix? Uh, you pretty much hit it on the head. The only hobby I've been doing is the, the second hobby of home renovation, woodwork, closet building. A lot of that going on right now. So not any hobby sadly when you're done with your house you can come and do my oh, countertops no. when i'm done i'm retiring <laughs> <laughs> this is it this was an investment in my future and when it's done other people can do it for me 
All right. So let's talk about the new hobby uh, accountability challenge. So last year we did the kind of monthly goals. We each set our own goal, met it, didn't meet it, kick in a little money towards a, a charity of choice. Um, we are changing it up and we are going to kick off a new hobby accountability challenge. Um, I, I think the the basic tenets of this is that there will be a scoreboard. So we'll score results each month um, to help with the, the measurable component of, of our goals. And we also are setting a group goal. So for the sake of our next episode, when we set our recording date uh, about a month from now, um, each person out of the four of us will have to have um, it, you know, worked towards the, the common goal. And I think we said our first month hobby challenge is going to be five rank and file miniatures. So not heroes, not independent character models, but just five basic unit could be AOS, could be 40k, could be whatever, you know, kind of whatever game could be zombies from zombie side or, you know, basic miniatures from a, a board game. Um, but five of them and will be scored for five points, a very simple five point rubric. Um, and we'll put pictures up on, you know, during the, the recording on YouTube and, and potentially on um, when we post the episodes up to the website. Um, but we'll be scored on five points. You get one point if you have assembled your miniatures. So five miniatures have to be assembled. If you find pre-assembled minis for a board game, hey, you get a point. Point two, primed. You have to prime them. They can't just be bare plastic. <laughs> so that can be anything from rattle can to airbrush to zenithal highlighter, whatever it may be. There has to be a, a bare minimum of one primer coat to earn the second point. The third point is the tabletop three color. So three color minimum. Um, that gets you three points total if they're built primed and you've put three three base colors on the fourth point is the use of any advanced hobby techniques so this is very broad intentionally but any kind of weathering any kind of you know highlighting or dry brush you know whatever whatever texture whatever finish you put on any kind of advanced and i should put air quotes advanced hobby techniques earns four points then you're in a point if the model is completed uh so painted completely and based so scenic basing of some kind you know minimum of one or two components to that texture and colors but completed model gets you five points so we'll do a monthly reveal we'll go through the scoreboard uh rate you know where we finished on that um and then the the nine months you know will will total up the score and have some kind of grand challenge uh hopefully minded towards a charity you know and, and knowing to grand champion of of charitable hobby uh, accomplishment but each month the lowest score must wear the fez of failure for the following episode so since we have a youtube component thank you josh for displaying the fez of failure will be worn on video for at least the banter so our our playing hobbying crowdfunding library segment the full first part of the episode whoever finishes last or lowest will have to wear the fez of failure we'll have to come up with a tiebreaker if we have multiple uh fez um nominees for a month but but that is hobby challenge as it stands 
A reminder, the first challenge for our February episode when we reveal will be to paint five rank-and-file miniatures. So infantry of some type, obviously not huge monsters, not big-time heroes or character models, but five models. Any ideas? I mean, I don't want to jump ahead. And I know, Troy, you have some serious Adepticon prep, so you might be able to to count five of your gene stealers even. Yep, I will. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tried to get us to be in line with uh hobby that I had to do because that'll <laughs> that'll help it get done because it has to get done so I think I'm going to work towards getting either a blood angel or a necron kill team together I want to before I miss another edition of 40k I, I don't want to play kill team rather but I want to play a small 40k game Troy before I missed this edition entirely. So figure I've got about a year, so I might as well get started on getting that army together. Yep. And we can I just bought a whole bunch of uh new Gene Steeler Cult book came out this week. So that is kind of the one army I have painted and ready to rock and roll. So excited for and they completely sucked in <laughs> <laughs> in this edition with their current codex um even though I, I played them a couple times but they just get they but uh, so excited to have their new book out right sir josh any early ideas on what you might might try to do i don't want to put you on the spot but if you got any early thoughts uh, there's this this uh sorry josh I'll just go so I don't make it more awkward. There was this uh preview that just came out last weekend or the weekend before that really has me strangely optimistic for a game I haven't played in nine months for uh an army that I haven't played in two years, but I might try to do a little uh deepkin work. Oh yeah. yeah. New book. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh I was rearranging some things and uh stumbled across uh, I had a, got a fairly large collection of orcs that I always forget about, uh, 40k orcs, and I may, you know, bust out five or ten boys and get some. Uh, I, I think they have them assembled already. So um, you're a uh, twenty percent of the way there. One point. Yep. Yep. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll throw some throw some paint on those bad boys. I feel like each month I'm going to be gambling with myself if I think anyone got, you know, three points and I'll play the game of like hedging my bet on. Maybe I'll go to the fourth point. I think that's the strategy I'm going to take each month. I game the system. Are you only trying to compete with the lowest or are you trying to, trying to win? No, lowest. I just don't want yeah. to the fez. <laughs> yeah. What can I do to stay just above the fez of, of failure? month over month like february is a shoe in for troy because he's got to do it for adepticon so yeah i feel like i feel like the the five point is is going to be a, a guarantee for him because he's got the deadline of a, a pressure deadline yep that's one and that's the only time i actually perform so <laughs> as, as the last uh, two years have, have uh proved all right. Well, speaking of deadlines, we have a, a bedtime for Bryce tonight that we got to stick to as I <laughs> check my watch and, and the time to keep the show moving. So let's go from hobby into Kickstarter. Um, let's let's be honest. Simon um, announced 
or opened their 50th Kickstarter today. And I think it instantly drew Bryce's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe an instant back. I don't know. He might have already I didn't, clicked. I paid. didn't do it yet, but I I don't know how I'm not going to. We can just say that. Yeah, so Marvel Zombies. Um, that kind of licensing and IP that they have combined with the zombie side style of, of game. Looks like they'll mix up the rules a little bit to accommodate super zombies. Uh, so the base box game, the zombie characters fight kind of rank and file. Is it shield um, troopers yep. and, and brutes and whatever. So, and then the expansion, uh, not the $200 Galactus monolith statue miniature and expansion, but the other expansion is the X-Men uh, where it's the heroes fighting against zombies. Um introduces hero mode so they'll have a zombie mode and a hero mode uh that's on kickstarter now i think they're already over the two million two and a half million dollar it was like two eight last time i looked yeah it was was just one of those day one simon kickstarters where they just blow past the you know the million dollar goal or whatever and it's how many million are they going to get so this will be interesting because i think there's a little bit of zombie side fatigue out there with all of the sets they've released in the last few years they did second edition and then the and fulfilled but now the the connection to the marvel ip i think will see this one and get sub and boosted over any team on kickstarter fatigue um so is there i think we've talked about this before is there no limit on like who can have a kickstarter because i feel like steam on shouldn't be able to anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's no upper end i think it's just if consumers will continue to to allow them to practice that business model and looking at $2.8 million says, yes, consumers will still um, allow them to, to use that business model. Right. Well, and Kickstarter, like they're taking their cut. So like, they're not going to complain like what? Oh, 2 million, $3 million that we get. I don't know what they, somebody, I don't know what the number is. Yeah. They're taking, yeah. Yeah. They're like five, 10%. I think you're more right. It's like a, a, a significant chunk. So, yeah, they're not going to discourage big, huge kickstarters from from using the platform, right? They're like that's their whole their whole point. But uh, the other one I threw on here, and just because crazy search engines um, know they they know too much about me, is this um, game I ran into from Van Ryder Games. They're doing Kickstarter for Final Girl. Um, and it's like what got me is I I think I talked about way back when the game that they put out a solo game called Hostage Negotiator, um, where you yeah. basically and you're playing against the game and there's somebody's got hostages and you're trying to limit the amount of hostages to get killed and it's got a really interesting kind of um, creates a lot of drama and and intensity and so they took kind of that engine and they kind of rebuilt it and then they they have a game called Final Girl which is a horror again solo mechanic um with uh and basically the idea of you don't know the final girl right that's kind of in most horror films like there's the trope of there's the the one female who's left who usually has to face off against the whoever the big baddie is or not so um so interesting uh if you you're into that uh, they're running a, a kickstarter uh currently and so it'll still be should still be going when when this goes out um i think it still has a couple weeks left uh similar to what marvel zombies has so 
So if yeah, again, it's because I like Hostage Negotiator. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big horror guy, so I don't know if I'll dip into this one, but I um, thought it was interesting. Nice. Yeah, Van Ryder does they have they have their own niche. They don't do a ton of stuff, but what they do is is fairly well received and critically acclaimed. So I'm I'm interested. I'll check that one out. I hadn't really seen that. I don't that one kind of escaped my notice up until now so and this is actually i think their volume two so they had actually yeah like, there is a a, a a first chapter or whatever they're calling the final girl and so this kickstarter is actually for a a second not a second version but a second set of scenarios for it so. so before um before we get to the library just a couple of other items of geekery so the the one thing today that was an instant uh buy for me the moment it, it went live um Teldore Reborn the campaign guide uh so Darrington Press the critical role publisher um released it um what is interesting so the book had come out uh maybe 6 7 years ago as a you know using OGL um a lot of the same content contributors were back like James J Hake uh and obviously Matthew Mercer and others but they've advanced the timeline 20 years from Vox Machina to the Mighty Nine, so campaign two that they did. So they advanced the setting 20 years. Um, a lot of gorgeous art, really cool maps, character templates. Um, likely that, uh, you know, you guys may see um, some components of this book in some way in, a, <laughs> in a, the near future um, as the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden ramps up. And I'm looking for what to do for um, the next campaign. Uh, so there, there may be a reason there, but I was instantly, I just bought it, uh, when it went live in the critical role store today, um, pretty excited. And I did see the, the credits. So Ivan Norman, Ivan Van Norman did, uh, he has a producer credit on it. Cause I know he's working with Darrington press and then, um, Chris, uh, De La Rosa did some of the graphic design and layout work I saw in the credits. So, um, of outbreak undead, um, fame so I was, I was interested to see that um but yeah so teldore reborn the campaign guide uh released today should have that in a number of days i'm very excited to flip through that source book and then somebody else put this one on there meff dm question from twitter did i do that um, long ago and forget i I, or... I did it when you mentioned it long ago because i knew we would forget was that the was just uh, if you can DM for yeah. a table of four people, living or dead, yeah. from history or pop culture? Who would they be? Yep. And Meff never really answered. He's like, "I'll need some time to think about it." And then he the thread disappeared and he deferred it. So I have to go back to him and say, "Hey, did you have long enough to think about it?" But yeah. you want? Do you want mine or all yeah, of our? Well, each I want, I want yours. I want at least. At least I want yours. I figure like you got to throw that out there, and then. So I'm I'm DMing for them, right? So I can't like say Matthew Mercer's the DM, and okay. then four other players, right? I'm the DM for those four. Okay. Um, first is Robin Williams. Uh, um, he's at the table. Second, oh, this is tough. I don't want too many authors. Um, second's Joe Abercrombie. <laughs> Third, and I'm probably going to not like this in the future, but third is Will Whedon. Hmm. And fourth is, 
oh, part of me wants to go to like Marcus Aurelius or one of the Stoics, just because I think that would be fantastic to introduce like that, <laughs> that just level of like gravi- gravitas. And, um, um, but instead, I'm going to go Morgan Freeman because the voice, I just want him to narrate <laughs> what his character does all the time. Um, and I think that would be great. So Robin Williams, Morgan Freeman, Joe Abercrombie, and Will Whedon. That's my table. I think that's good. I I don't have a good answer, so maybe we like let's bring this back. Maybe this will be a recurring theme next couple episodes. I mean, and we have to get Mouse answer at some point. Yeah, Even yeah. That means we whether through uh, social media or we'll drag him on here for uh, a ten minute, two hour segment. <laughs> good deal. All right, let's open the doors to the library. Um, I'll I'll go first. So I'm I set my goal for 2022 reading challenge on Goodreads at 48 books. So I did 36 in 2021, which was three per month. So I upped it to do four per month for 48 books in the year. Um, off to a good start. I finished up Critical Role Vox Machina, the Kith and Kin. So it's the story of Vex and Vax, the the twins from Vox Machina, the first season. Um, they had a novelist come in and write it, and it takes place roughly five to six years before the events of the campaign. So there's flashbacks to when they're kids and, you know, split between their mother's home and the elven cities of Singorn. And then um, some of the, the events as they struck out from, you know, runaways as teenagers and what they did and where they went. So really enjoyed it. Um, finished that one. Then I was listening to Midnight in the Garden of Evil, um, so set in Savannah, Georgia in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Dr. Gabe said, you know, Savannah is where I grew up. I've met some of these people, like they're real people. And like um, I had heard, I knew it was like relatively based on real events and people um, in Savannah. So I enjoyed that. That's one of those that I've had in my like to read list forever. And just finally, finally got back and said, okay, I'm going to knock it out. So got an audible, had a lot of fun listening to it. Um, Who's the author on that? I should know. And I can't remember. John Barrent, right? Barrent, there we go. Barrent, Barrent. Yeah. Published in 94. So yeah, an old, old book that I just never, yeah. never read, but always heard was great. And now I'm going to want to go and because they made it into a film in the late nineties, early two thousands, if I remember. So I want to go see the movie as, as well. Um, I finally finished the talent of Horace. So Troy, you lent that book to me years ago, Aaron Dembski bowed in and I had read the first hundred pages and then it sat there forever. So I picked that up and finished it. Um, very cool. Probably just as good as some of the early Horace heresy books. I mean, like, you know, just really cool characters and seeing what you historically think of historically, not that it's real, that you think of (laughs) as evil characters, you know, from the the history of 40K lore, um, but identifying with them and feeling like, you know, Kaon Ishkandar's pain and like what he went through losing his legion and like, you know, finding what he finds it's not a spoiler it's so old at this point but you know reuniting with abaddon and and these other characters from from the other kind of fallen legions was really cool story so loved finishing that um and then i also i i went on a troy weiss uh reading binge uh this month 
I just finished The Nine Princes in Amber, um, Roger Zelazny's first book in the Amber Chronicles, I think it is called, yep. or The Chronicles, yep. Chronicles of Amber, whatever it might be. Um, and, and interesting. Um, enjoyed it. I think, you know, it, it shows, I don't want to say shows its age. It was written in what, 73, 74, 75? Yeah, yeah, mid 70s, I believe. Yep. Um, but, and we talked a little bit about it, you know, like they smoke cigarettes at times, like they're in this fantasy world and they have a cigarette and it's like, they're just trying to be cool. Cause <laughs> that's what was, what was cool in the, in the seventies. Um, but yeah, so that is, that is kind of what I've read. So I hit four books already in January. Now the next one or two that I finish is just padding my stats as I head into in February. I got to get as much done as I can before summer. Cause then reading time kind of declines a little bit. Um, and then I started watching a new show that came highly recommended. A buddy of mine told me, you got to watch this. It's really funny. It's really good. The Righteous Gemstone. So season two just started on HBO, uh, written and created by Danny McBride from like Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals and all sorts of other stuff. Um, really think Danny McBride's funny. And, and this is about a TV evangelist like family. So John Goodman is the patriarch of the family. Adam Devine and Danny McBride are the brothers. A um, bunch of other character actors I recommend I recognize. I watched the first two episodes and it's hilarious. Like I'm just dying laughing out loud by myself watching this show. Um, it's real good. I've season one, there was a couple years like before season two released because COVID hit and everything. So yeah, now I'm, I'm going to try to catch up because season two is, is being released each week now. Yeah. That's my library. A lot of reading little bit of watching how about you josh well uh i think we're all kind of talking about our totals from last year uh i think i hit 10 books uh which is you know not a lot for you guys but for me it's a lot so that's double uh, your 2020 mm -hmm. total i know right um a few of them were shorter books but you know they still counts um but yeah uh i am so close to being done with uh before they're hanged uh Joy Abercrombie, the first law trilogy, book two. Um, then I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right into book three because uh, I'm really enjoying this story. Um, uh, all the characters are really fun. Uh, you know, I, I I care about a lot of them, right? And uh, I don't, yeah, it's it's good story. I really like it. I'm gonna teach this man that you can't care about Abercrombie's characters. Yeah, <laughs> don't love anyone. No, right, but you still you get invested, right? I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh and I've been watching uh Station Eleven. Um it's a post apocalyptic show on HBO. Um it, it, on I mean, a book. It, it's a book. Is it? It's oh, okay, a really right. good book, yeah. Yeah. Emily awesome. Saint John something or yep. Emily yep. Handel Saint John, yeah. Cool. I, I didn't know it was a book. I just happened to see it when I was like looking through stuff and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give I'll give first episode a try. And it kind of hooked me. And I mean, it's got themes to what's going on now, right? Like <laughs> pandemic. And so it's a, it's actually a flu that that wiped out a large yep. portion of the population. And um, so then it's like the trials and tribulations of folks um, living after that. So. Yeah, no, that book's uh, been on my is what I've been a really good book. Uh, it's been on my list to read, and then yeah, real life got too close to it, and I'm like, I really don't really need to read. Um, 
Yeah. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> we are living in apocalyptic world, so I didn't really need to read a book about it. <laughs> that was a little bit really close. What I've heard is it was pretty close, like exactly what you said. Just, you know, what you just said is kind of on the book cover. So it's like, um, yeah. That, but at it, some point, maybe I'll go back and, and now that, yeah, now I'm kind of torn because now I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll just dive into the HBO series of people like that. It's not, it's not a very long book. Mm. No. Yep. So if, if yep. you have an intent to read it, it's it's quick to consume. Okay. You're Good not investing know. in like a 30 hour audible, you know, thousand page tome. It's so cool. Uh but yeah, so into that. Um I think I'm about halfway through the series. So nice. Yeah, very good. Bryce, how about you? Any any reading? Any audible as you're kind of is it called convalescing? Is that what you call recovering from a long illness? There hasn't been uh, any reading at this time of year. I had to get very wrapped up in the NFL playoffs, so I I just listen to podcasts all the time. Um, but I did <laughs> I did actually watch, and I don't remember if you guys mentioned this last time or if it was out, but um, Don't Look Up on Netflix, a movie about a comet that's about to hit earth and Leonardo DiCaprio. And I forget the female actor that are the main characters in it. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's kind of sad because it makes you realize like how sad our society is. And I think that's kind of what the intent of the movie is, but, um, I enjoyed the movie and it was worth a watch. I'd say. And and you want to strangle Jonah Hill and Meryl Street Like, (laughs) So badly. Yes. No, no spoiler. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, no spoilers. But yeah, you know, I, I watched that from but... the trailer. I got that impression too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Can't we say 99%? <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Excellent. Don't look up. Troy, how about you? Um, as I realized as what Bryce said it, I haven't, yeah, I was trying to think about watching Like I haven't watched anything, but I think it's just cause I've been watching a lot of sports. It's between, uh, between volleyball at the end of, uh, December and then football has been consuming any of my TV time, time lately. So, uh, but reading, I think I've been mentioning, I was working on Leviathan Falls, which is the last book of the expanse. And all I would say is it is, was one of the most satisfying endings to an epic series that i've experienced um they did just a really nice nice job i mean i the last book is i wouldn't say but it's like outstanding or whatever but it just you got done and you were like yep that was good like you know and, and, and you know like they they put a they put an end on it they put a bow on it um they kind of you know the last book had a little bit of fan i'll call it fan service where they did kind of you know bring back some things through that were come back through the series so um, so if you haven't, if you're not an expanse person, or even if you are, I would yeah, highly recommend diving in. I, I have not now I'm, I like, I never really watched the Amazon series. Um, I'm only about, I'm on like somewhere in the second season. So I may now get my fix from kind of catching up on the Amazon series, which I believe is coming to their last season. The season six is going to be the end. So they're, I think that story is not going to go as far as the books did. I think they're just going to finish through book six or so. Um, but they could also put a nice ending on there. It'll be interesting to see that. So, and then um, I finished the second their penultimate. Is that the right word? Penultimate book in the Dresden series so far. Um, Peace talks. Um, 
And I know Ty, and now I understand why Ty was kind of poking around like, oh, you're reading Peace Talks, whatever. Um, and uh, all I'll say is now I have to dive right into battle, Battlefront, Battle, what is it? No, it's um, not. Battleground. Battleground, Battleground, which is the last, I want to say the last or the latest yeah. book in that series. Um, because, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit like the story just keeps, yeah, there's not, <laughs> unlike a lot of the uh, the 16 before, which were very much self-contained, this one, yeah. it's not a cliffhanger. This is like, like yeah, you just got to, the story keeps going, which would make sense because they released them. He released them in the same year, didn't he? Very, very quick. Very yeah. quickly behind each other. So it kind of makes sense for what he was doing. Yeah. On that. And I, I don't know. I was not, I have been slowly catching up on Dresden from the very beginning. So I did not wait seven years between books, right? Because I think there were seven, what was that? Am I right on that? Between this book and the last one in the series, it's something like that. It's right. It's like a, a large stretch of time. Um, yeah, that sounds right. That that uh, before he had kind of gone off and done a bunch of other series before he came back. To that. So I can imagine, again, people who maybe were Dresden fans and kind of just waiting forever. So, so that's where I am. Uh, I got a 30 book goal for this year. I think I hit the whatever I think we talked about. I think I hit the low to mid twenties for for last year, which was a little bit under my goal, but not too. But I looked back and I was really happy with all the books I read, though. So I guess that's <laughs> yeah. I felt like I had a very strong showing yeah. for twenty twenty one. Like I read some quality literature. There wasn't a lot of like, yeah. I don't want to call it cheap filler, but like. <laughs> My only, uh, our, my only, I would say, I don't know if that's regret was the, the one book club, uh, audio book we did, um, Arcadia, the Arcadia one. That, like, yeah. like I go through that and I'm just like, that's the only one that's like, yeah, that was the dud. Like out of these, like, <laughs> yeah, like I got something out in that one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that one, I, that was, probably, but that's how you know, that's how you learn. So. All it right. Still, it was still an interesting read though. I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think reading it would have been terrible. Listening to it with the different yeah. voice actors made it, yeah, made it yeah. terrible. Yeah, correct. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. So that brings us to the part in the show where I would recommend you all buckle your seatbelts and refresh your drinks or unbuckle, go about the cabin, and then come back because we're going to take a short break uh, and go about the cabin ourselves. And when we come back, your Captain Bryce is going to take you into the 2022 Hobby Objectives. Welcome back with Captain Bryce. Here we are, 2022 Hobby Objectives. This should be a relatively quick uh, segment, but first and foremost, Bryce, we are glad to have you recording with us again. We'll work on the video signal for next time. Yeah. Um, but it it has been it's kind of been like we're recording without our our right our right hand. That's tough. I figured I'd be at the left hand. Well, I'm left handed. So I mean, yeah, yeah, that's I, me, too. yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Are we all? <laughs> Except for so, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Josh has always been a little suspect. So now we know. Yeah. yeah so. Coop, you know, I can Coop. see colors. I have a normal hand. Yeah. Coop you know. is sus. Yeah. Uh, well, hold <laughs> it. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe we're not the minority. Maybe this is just the man keeping us down. Like, maybe we are seeing the colors right. And maybe we oh, do wow. have the right hand, and we're just being because we're minorities. We're being. Well, we definitely we're being, have the right hand. Yeah, we're being trolled by yeah. 
by the world. Yep. I don't know. My yeah. scissors work. How about yours? <laughs> <laughs> See, look at this. Wow, that's cold, cold blooded. Next thing you're gonna send me a hidden picture that says colorblind people suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Hobby objectives for 2022. And Bryce, since you have returned and you are the captain now, yeah. What is your first hobby objective for the new year? Oh, my number one goal, and I think that the rest are impossible without it, is to to remodel my new hobby space, which is uh, requires a new desk to be built. So Ooh. that is that is the goal. Hopefully, I'm just about done with a different project, and once that's done, I'm gonna take a break on the home renovation to to build that. Where where is the new hobby station being set up? What what part of the house? Same same room or different? Directly next to that room, just okay. in the back side. Um, I for Christmas refinished that room and turned it into like an office space because uh, my girlfriend is in school and teaches school, and we have too many creatures in the house that make a lot of noise. So she needed somewhere that was relatively quiet. So that was that, and this room back here doesn't get utilized. So I said, let's just make the swap. And um, I'm going to actually build in a really nice space with a bunch of cabinets and a big U countertop. So nice. pretty excited for, to get that rolling. And then I, I can, uh, I'm going to do, I've always wanted to try to do graffiti. So I'm going to do a BOD North graffiti on my wall because awesome. it's a brick wall. So um, that's, that's part of the plan. Love it. Can't wait to see cool. it. Yeah, so we'll that's that's number one. Airbrush seminar in the second <laughs> yeah. quarter there. Destination airbrush seminar. <laughs> when I don't go to Adepticon, that'll be my excuse to get away for a weekend. There you go. All right, Troy. Um, top of your list. Yeah, top my list is ba- is yeah basically why I'm. I'm for I have for Q1 basically dive into my Space Hulk uh, refresh. Um, we got to dust it off after two years. And I have uh, these wonderful models from the other Josh that are going to probably play some Space Hulk this year. And because of those guys, I feel like I need to up the game on some of the other miniatures <laughs> that we get out there. So uh, going to do a bunch of Gene Sealer, which are, yes, there's some Gene Sealers that are basically 30 years old there um that need a little uh i think they got a dry brush at one point about a decade ago and so they they probably can get a little bit of a refresh and i i may swap in with the newer some newer models and then some of that stuff too so uh and then yeah some of the terminator squads may kind of either repaint or or replace them with some some new uh new chapters or whatever wherever it uh, uh which the good news is that i can go with where i want where <laughs> and also yeah. i can set my goals that uh like i'm replacing things so when i stop i'm and decide i'm done i can just use the stuff i have so nice josh i'm gonna make you do two because it looks like the other guys did four and you have five so i'm gonna make you do oh, two okay awesome um uh, i can combine one too but uh yeah so i want to do uh a Marvel Crisis Protocol team. Uh, I want. I want at least one playable squad, right? Uh, um, so, so that when we get together, I'm not playing with uh, 
know, primed models or just gray models. I want to play with like my own painted team. So that is my goal. Get that done. And then uh, kind of along with that, I've had this apartment terrain um, printed for a while. Um, I think I might have even primed it. I, I forget. It's over in a drawer somewhere. Um, but yeah, I want to assemble that and, and like just get some colors on it so it doesn't look crappy, you know, like it doesn't have to be perfect, but, um, if, if we, if I do it as part of our, you know, a reoccurring monthly thing, I'll, I'll do a better, better job of it. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, some playable terrain. That's, that's the goal. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go big with my first one. So I, I got hero quest playing it and even even landing goes this would be really cool if these were painted <laughs> and i said yeah buddy it would be but that's a lot There's of some time. brushes in the basement kid <laughs> yeah but that's a lot of time and a lot of a lot of minis and furniture and stuff to to paint um but i do think it would look pretty cool if i could get my hero quest set even if it's just the base set and the heroes and the the doors and furniture painted so I think with the airbrush compressor, that's where I'm going to start, you know, with some of the, the furniture and the doors, just getting the big base coats done and then batch paint. So maybe I'll do like five of the goblins or five of the skeletons or, you know, something just as kind of the first uh, first challenge. So getting that Hero Quest paint uh, set painted this this year would be number one for me. Um, and I'll bring it back with another one. So similar to, to Josh, I want to do a crisis protocol. So I had 10 models or so commissioned painted back when we were doing the weekender because I wanted to play with painted miniatures. Um, but I'll have my color uh, consultant help me with um, what paints I need for for some heroes to to do maybe three or four of my own to mix in. And, and then along that same lines, I've, I've got probably like... 14 boxes you know the little hero boxes of one or two heroes in each i'd like to get assembled and just have my backlog to to paint um because i've kind of cherry picked the ones i want uh throughout but now like i want to get moon knight and blade and some of those like assembled and and in the queue to be painted so that's my second one um bryce how about you what's your second uh goal for for hobby objectives for 2022 I'd say my second, but also my number one goal because I, of how much fun we had when we were playing it is to do like a, an actual board and do it justice. And I know we, for however long ago it was when it first came out, we had, had all these grand aspirations yeah. and ideas, but I definitely, I, I really, really want to do that. And that's like top of the list for me with, I have so many ideas of things I want to do from comics of, from when we were kids and, stuff like that that i just i really want to get that done and make that a focus so that we have that and maybe two sets of terrain that we can swap in and out because i just thought of this the other day but i really want to do one of the like the shield air bases like a plane <laughs> oh yeah yep. be cool so yeah that's number one is getting getting uh mcp table put together Nice. Number two, number one, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hobby space has to be finished first, then massive hobby projects begin. Understood. Yes. <laughs> Josh, how about you? What's another uh, hobby objective for, for you for 2022? 
Yeah, kind of along the same lines of terrain. Um, I've I've had some AOS slash Frostgrave terrain that I have primed, and I've been like wanting to get that to the table, and like I have an idea of like I want to base it and kind of like raise it up a little bit so that it's you know sort of line of sight blocking because it's not real tall, uh, but kind of have different levels and stuff, so it's it's kind of a ruins. Uh, uh, like a, a stone ruins type thing. Um, and I, I, I have some grandiose ideas of, of and it's not going to be anything fancy, right? It's just, um, just kind of like the different levels I want to do and stuff. So, um, having that just like, just getting that done, right. It's kind of been on the backlog and it, it won't take a ton of time to get it done. I just need to s- devote that time. So I'm putting it out there as something I need to get done. Nice. And Troy, I think that brings us to, to you for the second of your 2022 objectives. Um, my sec, I think I'll, I'll skip down my list a little bit and say like a 40 K kill team. Uh, Cause I'd like to get, I think, like you said, either small 40 K or at least maybe play some 40 K kill team. Uh, in the next couple months here, I know we have a few other guys in the group that have been playing a lot, so I want to dive in on that. And I, okay, I invested in all the stuff, so <laughs> get to it. And then it will give me a reason to kind of like I have a million boxes of models, and so whether it's sisters or some uh, some new marines or something like that, I think that'd be a good good way to um get some get motivating because I I'm, I'm much as we learn, I'm really good at at building and painting when I have a goal or I'm going to go play with them and have something to do with it. So, Excellent. And then do you want to bring it back with uh, another one? We'll just kind of keep sure. the snake, snake um, style draft going. Sure. And then the other, like you guys are talking about boards and that's my, um, and we'll see, this is the most ambitious one is probably um, kind of going from the, you know, we had done Josh had made the, a, a Zombicide Black Plague kind of board with the what were the 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 you stars, cast, yeah the her stars you cast those yeah. things it's like a cement block uh those yeah. and uh now in the God, that was probably what four or five years ago right and, yeah and, uh, I like that. uh and that and so now we're all everything's come with 3D printing and that is I really think it'd be cool to do like a, a board kind of more like a village or you know very much mimic some of the the board tiles with some of that stuff or there's some stuff that you can print to, i'm pointing over here to the um Hagelthorn hollow resin buildings that i got um and there's some uh there's some rules out there and some ways to kind of print some bases for those to make actually to use them in like a zombicide like a fantasy zombicide uh, black plague game so that's my most ambitious. We'll see if I actually get to that. Um, but I think that would be cool to just kind of do. And again, my motivation there would be that would be a cool, that's, that's a cool game to kind of bring to a con, like a local con or something like that, and just run it for people. And it's mm-hmm. it's pretty low effort and and a lot of, and people have fun and and uh, it'd be cool to it, get get something out of your investment. It's cool to share it, right? <laughs> you put all the work yep. in, then then you go and kind of show it off in some ways. So definitely, Josh, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like, uh, you know, a few folks have said, uh, doing a crisis protocol, like board, 
Um, so not just painting the terrain that they want to do, but like actually having, you know, four by four, you know, maybe four tiles, maybe, maybe like six tiles, and then you could swap in and out stuff. Uh, it kind of sounds like what, uh, Bryce was talking about. Um, that, I think that would be really cool. Um, or at least have enough terrain to fill a table. Right. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that, that, uh, that's sort of one of my goals. Um, and then to kind of just round it off here, um, I I I really want to take a page out of your book, Ty, and purge any AOS stuff that I'm not wanting to play or not playing, and don't want to build anymore, or you know, just get rid of stuff that doesn't bring me joy. Right. So, Marie Kondo it. <laughs> And I've I've kind of lost track where we are. Bryce, do you you want to share your last one or two? Yeah, I um I had two specific armies, but I think instead of putting a name on it, I just want to for the first time in probably like three years finish a a two thousand point or a, just an idea of an army, whatever that means to me. If however many units it is, but I I want to actually finish an army um and then i did one more that's important because i do still have all intentions of someday hopefully uh running my own event and raising money for for things i care about i do have all this terrain next to me that needs to get painted so i'd like to get i don't know if all of it is realistic this year but uh, a good portion of it done so that Troy and Josh don't curse my name for all the time they spent on me and to not have it painted. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. I, um, I've had this, this box of 3d printed buildings from Anthony Polcastro after Nashcon 2019. I think I was like, Hey, can I get you to print some? And, And he did. And, um, like, I need I need to paint that stuff uh, just to use for Frostgrave or just to have done because the buildings are so cool. And one of them, I'm looking at it right now, I, just the other day I took it and I was literally taking cobwebs off of it and like dusting it because it sat there for so long in a, a lost corner of the basement. The Wizard Tower, it's like the three-tiered, you know, it's like this big. It's just a, a huge like component piece that would be great as a centerpiece for a Frostgrave game or great on the table for even for like in-person D and D, you know, just whatever it might be to, to use it or for an AOS table. Um, but I want to get that done. And then similar to Bryce's finishing an army, the last army that I, I painted was that deep cast army, you know, for Holy Wars a few years ago. So I, I don't know if it's a series of smaller forces, like 500 point at a time, but like get some blood angels or Necron or like my orcs, pro- my iron jaws project that, um just just to do some blocks of like 500 points maybe not a an army for a competitive tournament or anything but just just some units get some points together and and back to that cohesive force you know uh, of painting because it it really has been a couple years since i did any significant um not to say other hobby i've done is insignificant but you know like focused um cohesive armies um with the ultimate goal, I'd, I'd really like to get like the orcs done for 
maybe it's holy wars this this next fall you know maybe in november that's that's the the objective but get get one of these armies done to that standard that i'm i'm proud of not just slapping instant colors on and getting it out the door for a weekender or something <laughs> um but you know just put some time and energy in, into one of my armies troy any others i, I think it might be you yep. bringing up uh, uh my other and it's the theme that you guys start with is i do have on here i'd love to do some marvel crisis protocol kind of get my own because it feels like we have a little bit of momentum to play that every once in a while so uh mm-hmm. loved and i love again the miniatures are so cool so even if they they're a great kind of i think you know project to just do even if they just sit on the shelf and you don't you only break them out every once in a while um there's some cool ones there so Love to see. And there's definitely, and there's so many cool. I mean, I when I first, I mean, when it came out, and I didn't pay attention for a while, and now I, we have all the different heroes that are out now. There's some really, some cool ones that are calling to me. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Excellent. So we've got some pretty aggressive uh, objectives. We'll see kind of where our hobby challenge takes us to help get these done, and and where we end up. Um, may or may not revisit this list. You know, at mid year and and check in. Um, but I, I think, you know, for me, it's all about just setting some, you know, do a little bit, not every day, but a little bit every other day or every few days just to, to see progress again. Cause like I've got clutter from my failed, uh, Holy Wars attempt, you know, in the, the fall still on the desk, like the, the sprues and everything has just been untouched for several months now. Uh, so it's just going to be that focus to get a little bit done. Cause I, I do enjoy it and it's, it's something I've filled with other hobbies and other, you know, time wasters at times <laughs> in, <laughs> in lieu of painting, but I, I definitely enjoy painting. So maybe it'll be some discord hobby banter nights. Um, or, you know, yeah. as, as we work on the challenge, we can always, you know, schedule some hobby time, even if it's in person, you know, bring a travel kit over to one of your guys' houses and assemble models or rice airbrush weekend up by you whatever it might be uh to help get us there but we'll uh we'll certainly have some accountability working in our favor as we we head in the, the rest of this year um but i think you know that gets us almost to the end of the show before bryce's bedtime uh so we can wrap up with any bod news and events and then um get get bryce off to bed at a reasonable hour so maybe you can make D &D tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) um so i i think uh you know certainly right around the corner is um is it holy wars or is it yeah it's holy wars not holy havoc holy wars reforged february 12th the 13th uh naperville illinois steve herner um, this takes it back to the doubles format. Uh, so going forward, I think we've talked about this in the past, but all holy events will be team uh, doubles events. Um, he's working on a new, uh, pretty amazing tower that'll be a centerpiece on on a new table. I think they hope to have for for holy wars. Um, but that's coming up. Then right after that, and end of March is Adepticon down in Schaumburg, Illinois. Troy will be running a number of sold out uh, Space Hulk games and a few other events. Um, I think maybe our February episode will probably talk in depth about kind of Adepticon preview, what's coming up and what Troy will be doing, uh, and and Josh for that matter, and Bryce. I know you'll you'll be involved in TOing uh, if if I recall yep. correctly. 
Um, so lots of big news in, in that avenue for that con, which probably will get uh, some dedicated airtime. Um, then Origins, uh, June. I don't know. I, there's probably something in between Adepticon and Origins, but for now, as far as our calendar goes, um, yeah, I did. I did some searching to fill in some things, and I, I that this is what I found. So if we find any more local or, or not so local ones, I we can we can definitely add them in here. But yeah, so origins. Now I did see you added in. So in Columbus, Indiana, I believe you meant oh, Columbus, Ohio. Ohio, yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, combined with GD, is that the Games Day Expo or the? Yeah, it's uh, it's like a it's uh it's a computer gaming uh, and oh, electronic okay. gaming and art um oh. and creative stuff. So it, it's interesting. Uh, so it sounds like I I didn't follow all this stuff last year, but I think it was two 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 conventions that were kind of trying to go through COVID <laughs> and they okay. come, and and they were in and they're local to Columbus, and so that it sounds like they combined for a Taking lot of them success. Under their wing. Right. And, uh, and it, uh, definitely some yeah. synergies between those two groups, um, of people. And so it sounds like they're doing that going forward, um, for that. So at one of these days I have to get back to origins, um, and, and check it out, have good, uh, good memories from that place and love Columbus. Definitely. It's a fun, fun town. Then, uh, the return of Nexus game fair, June 23rd through the 26th here near Milwaukee in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Um, so definitely that's that's one to try to get to for a day, if not the whole weekend, um, just to show some support. Because I think they did not hold it the last two years. Yeah, right? I think they haven't run two two years. Yeah. And I haven't I haven't touched base uh that. I'm again that would be that's a fun one. Like I may just try and run mm-hmm. run an event there one day or something, um, show some support and because it's in literally in our backyard. So Right. Then the granddaddy of them all, Gen Con, is back uh, first weekend in August, the 4th through the 7th in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, should be, I think they're, they're trying to go with a, a larger uh, crowd than last year. We'll see, what, we'll see what happens. They returned, you know, to the convention space last year successfully. Troy had a great time there. Um, you know, long ways off so we'll see where everything's at then uh in in time but currently i think they did announce you know they're planning on having a a vaccine and mask policy in place uh and they'll they'll reevaluate that as as it gets closer if they need to um but hopefully hopefully get that one back uh in full swing because that is a uh a must attend every every year when it's (laughs) <laughs> when it's a normal uh, year. So maybe we'll be back to some degree of normalcy. Yeah, and badges go on sale in the next week or so, I believe. I think towards the end of this month. Yep. Then the normal normal Gen Con thing, then housing stuff. Housing in, in February. February and, and then events and everything else yep. and later in like uh, May, April, May. So. So that is that is the conventions coming up. Um, I'm sure we'll insert some other AOS tournaments or events from some of our our friends uh, as as we get closer to those dates. Uh, but I think that brings us to the point in the show where I ask you all to download and share with your friend. Check us out on YouTube, like and subscribe, feed the algorithm gods. Um, or just listen to us on, you know, Spotify or Apple or Google or name any big podcast place. And Troy's got us there now. Any new ones, Troy, that 
Um, only, I mean, it's behind the scenes, but we did, I did switch to our, uh, uh, our podcast host, uh, to that uh, more of that stuff gets done a little bit more automatically and things like that. So always looking out for us, Troy. So we'll see. So if if you're listening to us, you're still listening to us. If people aren't listening to us, then I can't help them because they're not listening to us. Yeah. (laughs) Tell, tell your friends, just make sure they're still listening that we haven't disappeared off there. Yep off their downloads um otherwise send any inflammatory email to intern at basementofdeath.com with any suggestions about where you want to listen to us if you've got feedback uh or share your own hobby progress on you know if you want to do the hobby challenge along with us certainly hit us up on on twitter um or, you know, drop a comment on basementofdeath.com when the episodes go up. Love to hear from you. It's always fun. Emails, tweets, whatever it may be. Um, but certainly, we we look forward to hearing from you all. Bryce, it's been good to have you back. Um, you, you know, you, you complete us. Happy to be back, especially when I'm treated like this. <laughs> we'll good. see when it wears off yep, yep. So, next next time on i have a water <laughs> <laughs> when he takes but bryce you have to tell us what you're wearing because people don't like all the rest what, of us oh i have uh, a gray hooded sweatshirt on what you're not pushing anything i have my uh dresden shirt on josh is pushing game hole con ties representing the brand that's why I lost my camera. I didn't. I didn't know yeah. what to wear. Well, you could have lied. You could have said, "Oh, I have." Uh, I'm not a liar. Come on. I have all my BOD stuff on. Um, you know. I had a Bryce themed week. I even wore a BOD <laughs> shirt to a Planet Fitness. <laughs> wow. When I went to work out yesterday, I um, I wore a BOD shirt, and I was like, "I'm channeling my inner Bryce," knowing that I was going to talk to you tonight. There you go. All right. I think that's going to do it. So. Let's uh let's just get the get the uh the show on the road, close out episode fifty-nine. It's been fun hanging out with you guys. Hopefully y'all enjoy. Keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. Five, four, twenty-three, twelve, double o seven, green nineteen, blue forty-two. Set hut hut. Live from the BOD studios, it is playing and slaying.